Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, October the 10th, which is World Mental Health Day, the theme of this week's podcast, as a new movement in global mental health is launched. Before that, some other highlights from the issue of the Lancet dated October the 11th to the 17th. Thursday, October the 9th was World Sight Day. And our lead editorial takes a look at the latest report from the Vision 2020 group, which this year is highlighting the issues faced by older, blind and partially sighted people. 80% of people who are blind or who have severe visual impairment are over 50 years of age. And the editorial points out how many blinding eye conditions, such as cataract and diabetic retinopathy, are either easily treatable or preventable. Also in this week's issue of The Lancet, we published the two Oracle papers published online three weeks ago, which received widespread media attention. This is looking at the appropriate use of antibiotics and preterm birth. Also look out for a new drugs class article, this time looking at the drug ranolazine as a new treatment option for stable angina. But back to global mental health. A year ago, The Lancet published its global mental health series. And one of the aspirations then was to create a new movement in global mental health. So what has happened since then? This week, we publish a viewpoint authored by Professor Vikram Patel from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and colleagues who were closely involved with the Lancet series last year. Earlier in the week, I spoke to Professor Vikram Patel on the line from India, and I asked him to remind us of the key messages from the Lancet series in 2007 and to update us on what progress has been made. The Lancet series on global mental health was really triggered by the need to refocus the attention of the global health community on the vast unmet need for care for people with mental disorders, particularly in low- and middle-income countries where most of the burden of mental disorders is actually concentrated. The series consisted of five review articles that reviewed the evidence on various aspects of mental disorders in low- and middle-income countries and then ended with a call for action. Now, the primary message of the call for action was the need to scale up services for people living with mental disorders in all countries of the world, but in particular in the low- and middle-income countries where the treatment gaps were the greatest. And what measures have you been able to put in place to assess progress? And, and, And how feasible is that, really, after 12 months or just over a year, which is a very short period of time, really, isn't it? Yes, you're absolutely right. One year is, in fact, a relatively short period of time for us to expect any significant impact of a series of what are essentially scientific articles. But actually what's been quite surprising is how much impact there has been that we have produced evidence for in the Viewpoint article. We actually asked all the authors of the original Lancet series, there were nearly 40 individuals from around the world representing different global mental health stakeholder groups, to keep track of different events in global mental health and then to assess whether these could be attributed to the Lancet series on global mental health. For example, if there was a new research program, was the Lancet series cited in the application for funding for that new research program? In terms of the theme of World Global Mental Health Day, Friday, October the 10th, what is the specific theme this year and how how does that fit into the the new movement that's generating out of the Lancet series? Well, in fact, Richard, we're delighted that the theme for this year's World Mental Health Day, which, as you know, is the day of the year in which mental health is the focus of global attention and has been celebrated now for more than 25 years. We're delighted that this year's theme for World Mental Health Day is directly related to the call for action. In fact, the theme states, making mental health a global priority 
scaling up services through citizen advocacy and action. So the focus of the theme really is to take the call for action and then consider how civil society can respond to this call for action. And referring to the Viewpoint article published in this week's issue of The Lancet, you identify four strands really, don't you, where you're looking for progress in mental health. Do you want to just outline these four strands and give some examples of where some early progress has been made? The first strand, of course, is the impact on global advocacy. And I think we've just talked about World Mental Health Day, which I think is perhaps the single most important annual event for focusing global attention on mental health. And the Lancet series has been a core component of this year's World Mental Health Day call for action. Next, if we consider the effect on global health programs, tomorrow, that's October the 9th, in Geneva, the World Health Organization's Director General, Dr. Margaret Chan, will be launching their new flagship program for mental health care in developing countries. This is the MH GAP program, whose focus is scaling up services for mental and neurological disorders. So as you can see again, the language is identical to that of the call for action. And in fact, the philosophy and the content is pretty much implementing the call for action. The third is the effect that the series has had on policies, resources, and professional groups in different countries of the world. We've been delighted, in fact, that the Lancet series has seen country launches in many countries, including Brazil, Chile, the U.S., and next week in India. These meetings have focused local or national attention on the unmet need for treatment in those particular countries and generated, for example, new resources for mental health care, new public attention on the unmet need, and so on. But lastly, and most excitingly, tomorrow on World Mental Health Day, we will in fact see the launch of the movement for global mental health. And I can talk to you a little bit more about that later on. Could you just talk now about a specific example of where progress and health systems and all the things that are required from the call to action a year ago are beginning to have an effect? You do touch on this in the Viewpoint article. Brazil is given as an example. Can you just elaborate a bit there? The Brazilian example, of course, must be seen in the context of mental health reforms in that country that date back to 2002. Fairly dramatic and radical and very progressive mental health reforms. However, since the launch of the last series in September last year, these reforms have been given a, a fillip. The Brazilian ministry, for example, has announced new resources for carrying out some of the research questions that we identify in the Lancet series, the priority research questions for scaling up. In January this year, the Brazilian Ministry of Health created a new system of support teams for family health teams, the purpose being to strengthen the link between mental health care and primary care by integrating family physician teams and mental health teams and by providing specialized supervision to these primary health care teams. Again, a sort of activity that we strongly advocated in the Lancet series. Yes, and just uh, following on from that, presumably this is quite a crucial point. In countries where you've got emerging or quite progressive health systems, Brazil is given as an example. If you've got a strong health system, then presumably those regions or countries are in a better position to implement new policies and practices in relation to mental health. But what happens where you don't actually have the health system in good shape to begin with? There will be different models that we would need to use for different nations with different levels of resources. Even within the same nation, there are vast inequities, for example, between rural and urban areas. So I don't think for a moment we would be advocating a one-size-fits-all model. Clearly, as you rightly point out, in well-resourced and progressive countries like Brazil, we could be looking at a comprehensive 
comprehensive mental health reform. But in perhaps much weaker health systems, for example, in many countries, sub-Saharan Africa, we might have to think of a, a different kind of package of services. No matter which country you're in, there is no doubt that a basic package of services is affordable and is a moral right for people living with mental disorders. And let's turn back to the launch, the very exciting launch of the movement for change in global mental health. Also mention the advisory panel that, that you talk about in the article too and, and how that fits into this uh, new movement that's gaining initiative today. The advisory panel of the movement for global mental health really uh, grew out of the authors who were involved in uh, developing the Lancet series. Now the authors naturally came from a predominantly academic background and when we thought about what we were going to do after the series had been published and we agreed that we needed now to set up a sort of a global movement to ensure that the call for action was implemented. We also recognized the limitations of an academic authors group as leading or being involved in organizing this movement. So our first task really was to broaden our group by increasing its diversity, in particular the involvement of civil society, users, and women, and in particular from low- and middle-income countries. So we now have a very diverse advisory group of nearly 60 individuals representing a whole range of mental health stakeholder groups, and about half or more of whom are actually based in low- and middle-income countries. And we're really delighted about that diversity. The advisory group has a number of different roles, uh, which you can find on the website. But one of the most important roles has been to plan the various strands of activities of the movement of global mental health. And just to be clear, Professor Patel, you are seeing Global Mental Health Day, October the 10th, 2008, as the official launch of this movement. That's absolutely right. That is the day when the face of the movement, which is the website, will go live and open to anyone. Can you just comment briefly about plans for next year? Because I see, looking ahead to September 2009, you're planning some quite exciting events. That's right. On September the 2nd, 2009, we will be hosting the first ever Global Mental Health Summit, a summit in which we hope all the diverse stakeholders, all the diverse actors who are concerned with mental health in all countries of the world, but again, of course, our focus lies on those which are particularly low-resourced. And I mean by these diverse stakeholders, including users, families, professional practitioners, academics, and policymakers. We see this summit as a gathering opportunity for all these diverse stakeholders to take stock of the progress of countries, organizations, of donors in responding to the call for action. Well, it's a very exciting, challenging program, but I wish you all the best with it. Professor Vikram Patel on the line from India. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you. Professor Vikram Patel, look out also for the editorial accompanying the viewpoint in this week's issue. And also to let you know that next September, The Lancet will be commissioning a special themed issue on mental health to coincide with that global summit that Vikram talked about that's taking place on September 2nd, 2009 in Athens. Many thanks for listening. See you next week.